Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today in history, in 1870, the Summer Palace in Beijing, China, is burnt to the ground by a Franco-British expeditionary force. Well, welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. I am your business boy, Zachary, and ah, yes, stocks and bonds, business, 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 money, money, money. My name is Megan, and I will be the head of the party planning committee today. I have no skills in this area, and I will be asking everyone else to provide all of the materials for said party. And I'm Matt. Today I learned that 11 babies have been born in Antarctica, and because none of them died in childbirth or in infancy, that means that Antarctica has the lowest child mortality rate at 0%. Woo! Go Antarctica! You have discovered the secrets of immortality. Congratulations! No, not immortality, just a lack of infant mortality. Shh! Immortality of babies, immortal babies. Immortal god babies. Immortal babies, god babies, if you will. God babies. Just like our god Here we are. Uh, Zachary, um, thank you. Zachary, yes, of <laughs> course. Yeah, I can stop. Zach. Um, oh, okay. no, I hate that. I hate that. Zach. Good old no. Zach. <laughs> Zach. Good oh, old Zach. No, if we gross. say it enough, it'll sap his power and we'll finally be able yeah, to kill if... him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. Okay, everyone, we've played a game of rock, paper, scissors, and the order for tonight is the Abyssal Princess Meg Han, Zachary, the God yes. King, and little old me. But before we begin, we'd like to take a break for a word from our sponsor that will be presented tonight by Tonight the News' Man on the Street. Take it away. (laughs) Thank you, Matt! Death Roll Apparel is a satanic, unapologetic, in-your-face clothing company that takes a stand against religion and racism while partying with the best of them. If you use our code... WTF pod at checkout, you'll get 15% off your order. That's WTF pod at checkout. Back to you in the studio. I really like that guy's energy. That. A great if I'm energy. Being honest with you. I also love that him. shameless plug we just did for our second show. I don't know what yeah, you're you talking know. about. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. I love it. No regrets. No regrets. No regrets at all. But like, uh, also, before we begin, before we get into the the what the fuckness of what the fuck history, um, I just wanted to say that uh, we normally kind of at the end of the show talk about all of our socials, all this other stuff, but we had a chance to interact with some fans of the show. Uh, and recently, I sent some people, I typed some people up some letters on my typewriter, and we sent them some stickers, and it was really cool to have that uh, interaction with some of the people that we. No listen to this show. Um, also, shout out to Justin. We still know you're our number one fan, and we love you. 
but closely followed by Liz, just saying. Um, shout so out to Liz. We know that you're our number two fan, and we love you. It would be really helpful, and this is kind of a... I'm not going to get on my knees. I'm a god king. But I am going to ask very nicely. That's true. If you want to take a look and follow us on our socials, we are at triumvirate underscore pod on Twitter. We are at the underscore triumvirate underscore productions on Instagram. Give us a follow. Give us a like. If you want to go on iTunes and rate and review us, it's going to help us do what we do and do it better. Uh, And not only that, but especially if you follow us on those socials and you say some stuff, give us a comment, give us a shout out, give us a like, we can actually interact with you on a basis other than just you sticking those weird rubber nubs in your ears again and ignoring everyone on the train as you commute to work. I don't know what you do, but you know what I'm saying? Like, we can actually have a weird conversation. Let's have weird conversations, but I also want to bring back a bit that I used to do ages and ages ages ago, and I just want to say the following. Share us. <laughs> yes, listen to the creepy demonic voice. <laughs> we should probably get into the podcast now. Absolutely, yeah. I just wanted to take the time, thank everyone who does listen, and also say, if you do listen, be our friend. We're not that weird. <laughs> Dude, be our friend. Also, our if you friend. like have any cool stories too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tell us you your us tell cover. us your cool stories that you want us to cover. Because like we've had that happen once with a friend of ours, and you know it just it's fun to research stories that you guys actually want to hear about. So if you know about weird history, fucking tell us. Hell yeah. Let us know about it, bud. Let us know about it, bud. All right. So. Ooh. Uh, without further ado, I think I'm going to get into it with my strategy. Yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> Here we go. We're starting the podcast now. Well, technically, we started the podcast a little bit ago. But we're really starting now. This isn't about you. I will not take any questions at this time. Thanks for coming to my Anyway. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. I hate it. Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> so tonight, I'm going to talk to you about stuff that I really like. Space, the final the frontier, only place that isn't corrupted by capitalism. Space, uh, not true anymore. Not oh, true anymore. I know, Zach, I know. Thank Damn you it. For, yeah. Thanks for maintaining your it's innocence. Also, all thanks to Jeffrey Bezos. Oh, I'm gonna. We'll, we'll dig into him later. Yeah, they'll. He'll be another story. He's enough of history at this point. That's where, fair. Okay, we can't get into Jeff Bezos. I'll spend all night talking about him. Anyway, so I really like Space and Stars. It's about 49% of my personality at this point. And um, I like when things in space can't really be explained because it feels like magic. And if magic. I just, before you continue, anytime that space is brought up and the vastness of space enters my mind, I have. The trademarked version of existential dread. So okay. I'm really looking forward to the existential dread setting in. I'm going to go back in okay. editing and add some nice little crinkle tables. Yeah, can you please? <laughs> yeah, I think he Do can. It. So space to me doesn't give existential dread. I think it's kind of magical. And it reminds me that like maybe I can still be a space time witch. Okay. Tonight, I'm going to talk to you about the 1561 celestial phenomenon over Nuremberg. 
trademarked. Okay, okay, we're trademarking a lot tonight, but let's keep it up. <laughs> trademarked. Mm. So uh, essentially, we learned about this event from a broadsheet news article that was printed in April 1561, uh, which was illustrated with a woodcut engraving that depicted the event. This event was pretty batshit, especially when you see the woodcut engraving. So uh, to give give the the parameters of what happened, uh, in the glorious year of 1561, something very strange was reported in Nuremberg, Germany. Around dawn, people who were up at that ungodly hour reported that a dreadful apparition occurred on the sun and in the sky. Oh. They reported hundreds of spheres of different colors and cylinders and other really weird-shaped objects that moved erratically overhead. The shapes appeared to fight one another as they flew across the sky in a sort of aerial battle, which was followed by the appearance of a large black triangular object. Oh! Um, Okay. (laughs) Following the appearance of this large black object, the rest of the shapes suddenly stopped fighting each other and they fell out of the sky, disappearing from seeming exhaustion. Uh, This wasn't the only report of sightings like these. On Good Friday, Friday in 1554, another broadsheet reported that mock suns appeared in the sky while another one in July said that knights with fiery swords appeared in the air. In 1566, red and black spheres appeared over Basel and had a battle in the sky as well, and very similar events were reported during the Thirty Years' War in this area as well. So that's sort of the gist of what was happening. And I guess at this point you're probably like, what does any of this mean? Well, I was just wondering when you and Zatch had a secret meeting to switch this from a history podcast to a conspiracy about aliens podcast. <laughs> oh, well, it was yesterday. I'm sorry. Why do you guys keep having secret meetings without me, by the way? Because they wouldn't I be I realize that you two have, like, eldritch abomination names now, and I'm left with nothing so far. And I'm not upset, but I am upset that you keep having secret meetings without me. I'm I was going to say, uh, I'm going to fall back on my, you know, normal go-to here and say, it's eldritch abominations. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, honestly, like... If I was alive at this point, like, it's Good Friday, 1554, I'm thinking about God, I'm thinking about the Lord in my heart, and then all of a sudden I walk outside and I start seeing uh, God balls <laughs> Extra fighting. Suns. Extra sunny God yeah, balls. I could, I could have sworn that we only had one of those. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, well, um, hopefully Saturday's Hey. Did anybody order a gigantic black pyramid? Because it's been delivered. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, can someone get the Bible? I'm just curious where it said the big black pyramid was going to show up. Is that in Revelations? Yeah, it is. I think it's... It's it's either Revelations or Leviticus. It's that fucked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's two books it could be in. Leviticus at the beginning... Or revelation at the very at the end. end. <laughs> there 
is nothing in between. I was going to say, I give my praise to the old gods, but these are the old, old gods, and I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. You got to be afraid of the big back black triangles. Yes! <laughs> Wait a minute. Wasn't the black I... triangle Zachary's throne way back? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I where so. I put it. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, dude. You left it in Germany in the 1500s. I misplaced it, Whoops. okay? I didn't lose oh, it. I yeah. misplaced it. I gotta go back and get it. All right. <laughs> you know, I've always heard um, if you lose something, you gotta pray to St. Anthony. But like, I think here. he predates St. Anthony. <laughs> yeah, I think he does too. So I guess you just, like, pray to yourself. Do, I you, don't think know. The, uh, do you think the time travel... Ford Tacoma has enough towing capacity for the big black I don't think I don't it think has so enough either. juice to bring back the Black Pyramid. Yeah. The Black it, Sky Pyramid. The seat of the God King Zachary. Can you tell me more <laughs> yeah, about dude. your story before we devolve completely? <laughs> yeah, so essentially, essentially, you know, a lot of people, when, the, when they hear about these events, they're like, what does this mean? So there, there are a few explanations that aren't combined hallucination since a lot of these were happening and they centered around nuremberg it could be that people were just fucking stressed out (laughs) i mean (laughs) (laughs) look and like honestly it's a mood i was gonna say like (laughs) that's definitely a mood when are the three of us gonna start seeing the same crazy shit because I don't know. We all talked about how fucking stressed we were when we got on this call today. When are we going to start seeing... I need to tell you something. That today, I witnessed a little girl where I work literally, like, in perfect health. Nothing's wrong with her. But she just bent down towards the ground and started screaming at the floor. Just wailing at the floor. (laughs) That's it's a, a level of stress that I think would be comfortable. <laughs> if I'm ever stressed to the point where I'm seeing gigantic <laughs> black pyramids in the sky, I I don't know, first of all, how I'd comprehend, but I am a little vexed by the fact that you said that because it's Nuremberg, Germany, they were stressed. <laughs> I'm wondering what specifically about Nuremberg is stressful to the point where people see black pyramids. <laughs> it's just a stressful town, you know? It's like New York City that never sleeps. Yeah, right. And you know how often the people of New York report seeing gigantic black sky pyramids. More Dude, often than they actually uh, lead up. They're like, I think, like, Kind of often, you know. The last time I was walking down a, a street in New York City, there were some people. I was going to say so. they might have had tinfoil hats on, but some people were hollering at me about something in the sky. I mean, the only yeah, experience dude. I have with New York City was when I took my ex-wife there, and a guy tried to sell me his record. And uh, oh, never despite- take them. Oh no! I tried my hardest not to. I was like, "Hey, bud, gotta walk somewhere." And he's like, "Sir, I'm not a threat to you." And I was like, "Never said you were. Please just give me the record. I will give you this nickel in my pocket, and I will throw this in the trash as I continue walking." Oh my god! Anyways, um, fucking tell love me New York. Tell so, me more about the stress yeah, of Nuremberg. So they were just fucking stressed, uh, and the reason that that people are like, "Oh, maybe they were just like they were just out of their minds." Nuremberg at this point was put in a pretty tough position during the Reformation. 
uh, it tried to maintain neutrality between the Protestants and the Catholics. Ooh, fuck that. But yeah, fuck the Protestants. They, it was really hard. Well, I mean, like honestly, fuck yeah. both, right? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so they tried to maintain this stance of neutrality, but. In doing so, they refused to bank a Protestant prince's war machine. So he decided to attack the city and cut off the trade. What the fuck? Yeah, and this put Nuremberg in some pretty dire economic straits, Mm. which really affected, you know, the livelihoods of all of these people for, like, the next years. So that's one of the reasons. Uh, And then, you know... Along with, like, people saying, oh, it was God in Judgment Day or, you know, this was a battle of heavenly forces, my man Carl Jung comes in in 1958 and he's like, well, along with the stress, people were probably saying it was God because they just were trying to attribute things that, you know, they could understand to things that were unexplainable. Sounds like Carl. So they were seeing crosses in the air or nights because, you know, that's how they could explain it. More realistically, though, this was atmospheric distortion. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, and it's actually kind of cool because the type of distortion it is is called a sun dog, which I thought was super Woof, woof, motherfucker. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys know what a sun is dog that thing is, but I looked at it. That's like the rings around like the sun that make it look like there are more suns. Yeah, yeah. So, uh in in a lot of the broadsheets there were there were reported like a redness around the sun and like mock suns that were popping up that look like crescent moons. Yeah. That's a sun dog and it's caused by light reflect re sorry. Refracting? Yeah, refracting. It's caused by light refracting through ice crystals in the clouds, which is oh, really, cool. really cool. And it's also caused by, um, you know, a low angle of the sun. So if the sun is rising, you're more likely to get a sun dog. And these things were reported around dawn. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So another explanation is my favorite, the tried and true one. Aliens. Uh, ergot poisoning. Ah. You yeah, know, I always jump to ergot little... poisoning. Honestly, I do too. And for, for those of you listening who don't know, this is the mold that grows on rye and particularly wet years that can cause mass hallucinations and was, you know, thought to be the culprit behind the witch and the werewolf trials. Uh, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Or, you know, it could have just been a warning from God about Judgment Day. I'll be you honest really with you. Say. It's less likely that we've already lived through Judgment Day. Uh, it's probably a uh, little. That's bit, why it's a warning. It's probably a little bit more likely that people were hallucinating together. Fucking stress. Look, if that was a stress. warning about Judgment Day, that's like someone left you a message on your now defunct answering machine at your parents' house, <laughs> which you no longer live at. It's a little you're too just, fucking you're late. Just getting yeah. You're just getting the bits and pieces. They're like, yeah. It's like, they're, yeah. And God's like, hey, did you get my message? And you're like, yeah, I got it, but it was garbled. like literally, like, literally, God comes it. back in 2021, and he's like, hey, so you remember how in 15 whatever I sent you that note? And everyone's like, Pff, Dude, yeah, 
It would have been better if you had been speaking English. You sent me a note 500 years ago by making weird shit in the sun. Guy, you might as well have fucking sent me a Rorschach test. (laughs) What do you see here? I don't fucking know. That's definitely a vagina. (laughs) What do you see? Use your special eyes. Look look with your special eyes. Uh, My judgment day. My message. My my message. God's message. His very obscure (laughs) message. So that was my oh, story. Crazy. I hope you guys enjoyed no, it. No, like, that's fine. Yeah, I had been, I think I had been wanting to tell it for a while because, like, um, so before we stop our story, and for all of our listeners who are interested, you can just search, you know, you, the Celestial Phenomenon of 1561, but I'm going to show you what the woodcut looks oh, like. I also posted a picture in the, uh, in the Discord of what a sundog looks like. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I'll I'll do that as well. Of, I've already done it, my love. Oh, you already did. did it? Did you see it, Zach? The sun dog, the sun dog? yes. The wood car. But no, I haven't seen I'm that. talking no. about the... I haven't seen this. I want to see this. This wackiness. Oh, my God. That's insane. Yeah, so that's oh what Holy that... Um... That's far too much. Yeah, that is Judgment Day. Yeah, a lot of stuff is happening, and that's the big black triangle <laughs> that makes That's saw. not so much a period as it is, like, an arrow. <laughs> that's a full-blown spaceship. Yeah, that's... that's. Yeah, you know, you what? know. It's just a spaceship. That's definitely just a aliens. casual spaceship. Casual spaceship. I'm pretty sure it was aliens. But, moving on from that, we should probably go to Zach's story. We should, but, because I could talk about aliens all fucking day. Honestly, Um, same. We're going to move from Cthulhu-esque hallucinations to Okay, it came from the sky. It's not Cthulhu-related. There are other eldritch abominations, Zach. Get familiar. (sighs) I know. You don't know. I know. Uh, Other eldritch abominations from the cosmos. Yada, yada, yada. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I'm going to be more grounded and be on Earth today. Thank you very much. Okay. Very exciting. Rude. I know, very rude. keep me from the existential dread. (laughs) You didn't even get existential dread from mine. It was, like, so jovial. It was. Existential dread. Stop it. I don't want to hear it. With my very entrepreneurial and industrious intro, I'm sure that you both can tell, and you two listeners at home, uh, that I'm going to talk about that very good, good money today. Money. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are trying to be uh, financiers, entrepreneurs, business people, definitely throw away your notebooks, because Zach is not going to help you here. Fuck no. (laughs) I like to spend money. That's all I know about it. No, that's not all I know. I'm. I'm Tell I'm, me things. Okay, I'm telling you <laughs> things. Um, so I'm going to talk about good, good money today, because in fact, I'm going to talk about the richest man in history. So Jeffrey, go fucking suck it. Mansa Musa is in the house. Mansa Musa, six That name. That man, that name, the name, the name alone, the name alone is great. But Mansa Musa is the, by definition, richest person in history. Uh, So Mansa Musa was the king of the Mali Empire of West Africa, and he begins his reign in 1312. A little bit of background. Before we get to his unfathomable riches, we're going to talk about the 
Well, the weird twist that brings Musa to power. Because in the Mali Empire, it was very common for there to be kind of, quote-unquote, a temp agency emperor. Kind of like a vice president for the United States of America, but, like, doesn't have to worry about the whole, like, Senate shit. (laughs) Um, The current emperor at the time, I'm going to butcher this, I think, but I'm going to try, Abubkari II... Yeah, that's right. Abubkari. You know, I appreciate all of our attempts to say words, um, because... Yeah, until that moment where fucking Steve sends us a message (laughs) in our combined Facebook chat, and he goes, it's actually pronounced... No, and I appreciate that. I also appreciate... Yeah, Because it shows that we are trying, trying and like Steve's... And Steve sits there, and he's just like, I know how to pronounce it, and I'm like, thank you, you're making me not sound like an idiot, because I learned today that a lot of parents in the library that i work at they're like oh if you can't say a word on the the cover of a book maybe that book's too hard for you it's like uh, it is (laughs) no you should try the current emperor abu abu bakari abuba abu bakari the second ends up deputizing musa for the temporary ruler job as he is about to go explore the, the far side of the atlantic ocean yeah, uh, Abu Bakari II doesn't come back, and that's why I'm having a hard time pronouncing his name, because his name doesn't get thrown on around a lot. So, Abu Bakari hey doesn't come back. So now Musa is the more permanent ruler, making him Mansa Musa, because apparently Mansa means king. Wow. There we go. So that's where we get that great double M in there. That's um, a pretty alliterative title. Right. Civ 6 is starting to make more sense the more you talk. <laughs> oh, fuck, you're right. This is uh, also Sid Meier's uh, Civilization series. If you would like to sponsor us, because apparently I'm going to talk about you a lot during this story, uh, just just set, drop well, us a line. We could do feel. a whole episode about some of the, the Civ leaders, yeah. I think That'll we work. need to focus a little. We do, but that's all right. So, the... Now Musa becomes Mansa Musa, and the Mali Empire is doing, well, pretty damn well. But Musa, well, he knows he can do better. Luckily, <laughs> Musa had a very large boon in the form of oodles of golden salt, which were abundant in the empire. And remember, kids, salt is worth a fortune back then. In this case, fucking literally. Yeah. So Musa Be begins... salty about that. Yeah, and Musa was not salty about that. Musa fucking loved it. <laughs> so Musa begins large amounts of trade routes and trade hubs where, while also using the money he makes to just make cultural improvements to the his land, especially or that make of... glorious nation of Kazakhstan? No, actually Timbuktu. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, he kind of starts doing a lot of cultural and, and significant improvements to the city of Timbuktu which is the center of the Mali Empire. And while he's doing wonders for the Mali Empire, Musa is really just a local leader of a 
small empire in West Africa. He might be rich, but there is no internet, so no one fucking can Google richest person in the world, and this dude's shining face is like, what's up? Fuck you, I got more money. <laughs> no, it's fine. You didn't need to Google back then when you were just so rich. People just okay, knew. But the way that Zach is speaking right now is making me think that this man had a plan to bring his face to the other peoples of the world. Kind of. You're, you're oh. getting there. You're getting there. So he's not really that known in, until... 1324. Because, you see, Musa is a very devout Muslim. And he starts and he's like, oh, it's my time to do my pilgrimage to Mecca. And this is where shit gets interesting because this journey is fucking whack. Oh, God. So this journey... Are you you ready? Are you ready for this? No, yes, definitely. Uh, The journey he takes is roughly 4,000 miles from his empire... Okay, hang on. I think I need to be in a car for this, so I'm going to buckle up. <laughs> I'm buckled. So is this why in Civ Six you start in the middle of the ocean? <laughs> is it is what? it Mansa Musa who's in the middle of the ocean? No, that's, that's not Mansa Musa. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't know any of the references. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna shut up and keep listening to the story now. Bye. That's, you start in the middle of the ocean with Coupe of the Maori. Okay, oh, okay. come on Th- now. Thanks for clearing that up. I digress. So the yeah. journey is about 4,000 miles from his home empire. And mm-hmm. to give you an idea of what that is like, um, that's like if I was like, all right, uh, I'm gonna grab a backpack and walk my way to Helsinki, Finland, deuces everyone. And I would walk 500 miles, and then I would times that by a lot. By 200. Yeah, got it. Nope. No. 20. Your math is 20. My math is bad. We've talked about this. (laughs) I don't know why we're still trying to do math. This clearly isn't our wheelhouse. So, naturally, he brings a lot of people with him when he makes this 4,000-mile journey. He's going to be Did on the road for a the while. entire empire of Timbuktu? I mean, not exactly. He only brought 60,000 people with him. That's it? That's such a light... <laughs> Own... That's... What a paltry that number. Light entourage. Yeah, like, that's like Fellowship of the Ring entourage. size. Yeah. <laughs> Just bring have a my axe and my axe and my... If you all do this, we won't get started until two years from now. So it's funny that you say oh this. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Because the group of 60,000 people is largely made up of soldiers and servants slash slaves. Mm-hmm. Now, the whole but my axe part is coming in because there is, and I don't want to call it an issue, but I don't know what else to call it, so a bit of an issue. A conundrum. Uh, A conundrum, if you will. Because when I say uh, servants slash slaves, I don't mean people who are half beaten to death and wearing rags. Um, No, everyone in this party, including the slaves, were decked out in Persian silks and carried staffs made of pure gold. Well, I mean, if you <laughs> if you have money, flaunt it. And it's not even that they have this much money. It's that <laughs> gold was so abundant in the Mali Empire that they were just like, hey, oh, we'll make our of, walking sticks out of it. Fuck it. Out of curiosity, how long do you think until Jeff Bezos has a walking stick? Like a space staff. Okay, Megan? Megan. <laughs> Don't give that man ideas. Megan, tell me. What? 
that yeah. you don't think he already does. He does. You think he has a space I staff? I don't think he has a space staff, Megan. No, you're right. You're I correct. Know I know he has a space staff. It's okay. He, Silly Here's me. the thing. He definitely has a space staff, and we shouldn't be worried about it. Now, when he gets the scepter of the cosmos, then we should worry. Yeah, because then he'll be the equivalent of Thanos. <laughs> he has all of the infinity stones. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, so, so tell me more about these gold-wielding slaves. Yeah, so it's it's these servants and soldiers and slaves who are wearing the finest of Persian silks and carrying these staffs made of gold, and so naturally, people start to take notice. Especially when he could be found in traveling through cities along his journey and just straight up throwing gold to peasants on the streets because he just could. I need to go back in time. Yep, we all do. I need to be a peasant on those streets. As I said, it was about to get funky on this journey. This is the funky part. This is coming up. Um, He makes his way through Cairo on his journey because you have to go up through Africa and then to Cairo and then to Mecca, right? That makes sense. He ends up giving so many people and uh, just free gold and spending so much in the markets that... um, uh, well, he destroys the economy. Absolutely. He hyper-deflates the market worth of gold and plummets the entire economy of Cairo. Amazing. Because he was a benevolent billionaire who was just like, sure, take my gold, I don't give a fuck. We need more benevolent billionaires. I know, dude. I would go to the mountain clock and have Jeffrey Bezos shower me in cash. <laughs> I'm sure he's already done that I to need someone. You to know that he hasn't. He hasn't. He might. No. He no. might have. Okay, but it's like one of those things that they have at carnivals where they use the leaf blower to make the dollar bills blow everywhere, and there's only about twenty dollar bills in there, and you're gonna catch two of them. It's all gold coins. You're not allowed to reach down and grab them, and if you get pelted in the face by one, you go unconscious. It's a different <laughs> game. So this this <laughs> benevolent billionaire of. Uh, Mansa Musa is, um, so, sorry, my brain, it skipped a beat. It's back now. Thanks, folks, for your patience. So he (laughs) tries to, (laughs) he at least tries to fix his quote-unquote mistake, which, by the way, being a real nice guy should never be considered a mistake. And he borrows a bunch of money from the lenders of Cairo, despite the now huge interest rates. The dude could afford it, I think, so whatever. But it actually takes over a decade for the economy of Cairo to act fully recover. Jesus. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yes. Um, so Musa continues his journey and he does end up reaching Mecca. He ends up ruling the Mali Empire afterwards for about 20 years and spends most of his reign investing in building mosques, which it was said... There was legend that he constructed a new mosque every Friday during his reign. Yeah, it makes sense. Just had enough time I'd and like, money to do that. I would also do that. Honestly, dope, because, like, mosques were also serving as communal centers. That's the big thing. As well. Like, thank you for, in, like, investing back into the community. Billionaires, I'm looking at you today. So, hey, we need to stop comparing our billionaires to this billionaire what you're saying is i should stop shitting on billionaires and i won't i refuse no i'm not saying that i know i'm saying that megan keeps hoping that people like jeffrey bezos the modern dragon of our time are going to someday have a come to god moment and be like, oh, I should be distributing my wealth to the less fortunate. And they're just not going to do that. He's had time to do that, and he's just not. I his empo- his employees piss in fucking bottles. They shit themselves on the production line, Megan. We can't hope that this man will ever be redeemed. I Matt. can only hope that he boils in lava in hell. Yes, Zach, I apologize for my rant. No, 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 it's okay. I just want to finish your rant by saying he doesn't need a come-to-Jesus moment. He needs a come-to-abyssal sky pyramid moment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the god but, king Zachary yeah, should th- bring him low. I will bring you sky okay. pyramid. Um, but, so, the... Anyway, as I said, he built, builds a lot of mosques, which Megan wonderfully pointed out are a lot of... They're big community centers. They're not just places of worship. They're places where people gather. So the Mali Empire has this huge uh, influx of cultural development where a bunch of people gather. They have places where Muslim scholars and poets and artisans end up flocking to, which makes Timbuktu the cultural center of the world at the time. Well, one of the cultural centers of the world at the time. Uh, and Do you think that might have been his plan? Yeah, I honestly, if that was his plan, fucking... Well, this is what I'm thinking. Well right? executed. I'm thinking in my head that this man, Masa mm-hmm. Musa, goes to surrounding areas, Yeah, literally cripples their economy, and then thrives. Yeah. Fucking and I'm thinking his that his plan had to have been to cripple the economies of other places and just... I'm so jaded by modern billionaires that, like, this man, I just, the the concept of a man that doesn't understand his wealth doesn't make sense to me. So I think his plan was always to de- de- bankrupt Egyptians. So I want to say yes, but I also want to say no, because that is a very Western yeah, ideology right. when it comes to you're money. absolutely right. Whereas Mansa Musa, his whole thing was oh, putting I money back. I called him Masa Musa. My apologies. It's all good. Um, I don't think he's going to be that upset. He's not. I mean, the good news is he's dead now, so. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to go there. Um, so, but the whole thing is like he put this back into building 
his yeah building empire. communities building yeah he built his communities so like that tells me it wasn't just about getting that good good gold for him it was about making a life for his people that was worth living now right. i do want to say before i finish um the estimated total of his wealth in today's money uh can we guess absolutely guess. megan you go first uh okay so estimated total wealth yep. that he total had. Wealth. Yep. Okay, richest man in the world. Ba -da -da -ba -da -ba -da -da -ba. I'm gonna I'll, say. Oh, so ready? I'll give you. I'll give you both a leg up. Ready? Okay, fine. Jeffrey Bezos, the current richest man in the world. Yes. Worth yep. 197 billion. Yes. Okay. This man was worth more than that. Yep. Got it. Yes. Got okay. it. Got it. Got it. Got I'm gonna say he's he's worth. 500 billion. Okay. I'm I'm honestly thinking that he's a little bit closer to a trillion. Um I'm going to say it's like 700 billion. Okay. You're you're both wrong, but Megan is closest with the Damn estimated it. wealth being 400 billion dollars. Damn, dude. I mean, that's so that's much. That's an incomparable amount this, of money. <laughs> I know. Like I was reading um a thing the other day that like people don't really understand like how much bigger a billion is than oh, a million yeah. because like isn't a million seconds I, i'm sorry like a million seconds is like 11 yeah, days if or you, something. yeah if you were to count to and, a million it would take you 11 days if you were count to a billion it would take you 37 yeah, years or i think something. that's the one yes yeah, which is crazy yeah, um, so a million seconds is days is 11 days so then, yeah. as I said, a billion, one billion seconds. I'm doing it right now. Billion seconds in years yeah, is 31 years, 31.7 calendar years. Yeah. Jesus. That's, yep. That's, yeah, it's, it's huge. huge. It's a huge difference. So he, but imagine that. So Jeffrey Bezos, the current richest man in the world, doesn't have half of the money that Mansa Musa did. Yeah. Now, the other thing to think about is Mansa Musa, as much as he had, like, gold and stuff like that the wealth is also in what you've invested in yeah which a lot of that was building all these amazing cultural centers where people yeah. could come for sure just saying i mean the thing that i think of especially in this scenario is there's a really good interview with bob marley that happened you know, obviously before his passing where someone mm -hmm. asks him if he's rich and he's like, what do you mean? Am I rich? And the guy's like, well, are you wealthy? And he's like, is that what makes me rich? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, I obviously have money, but does that make me a rich per Like, I think this Musa character is very much like, yeah, I've got all this money, but like, what good is it if I'm not? bettering the lives of people around me type he lived a rich life and i yeah. mean that as he lived a full life that a was full life to dedicated to better. his people what a great guy we need I more people agree. like him i know like it's kind of nice to hear about a, a rich person that actually gave back I'm without being amend forced that. to by the government i'm gonna amend that yeah it's amend nice it. to hear about a person in history who gives back in general true I, yeah, that's yeah. Too. Most of our stories are really, really sad and depressing. Well, that's the fuck part of it. 
that is the fuck part of it. That is the fuck part of the, the what the fuck, fuck history. <laughs> but yeah, that's my story about Mansa Musa. It is pretty. It is pretty uh, heartwarming to know that a person like this once existed. Now, if I could figure out where all these people died so that I could get all their golden scepters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where is the ground yeah, littered? Where is the ground with littered with these? This belongs in a museum, in my house. It belongs at a fence who will sell it for a pretty profit. Um, okay. Well, I'll go from uh, that story about a nice gentleman um, to another story about a nice gentleman. I do also want to remind our listeners that I am doing spooky stories for the recordings of Spooky Month. Um, we are in the the deep, deep of spooky month and so if i am telling a spooky story it is because we are recording it in spooky month i know that there have been moments recently where we have stepped on each other's toes and stolen some stories from our favorite time periods so i did want it to be known to our listeners our dear sweet loving listeners that i did reach out to zachary before uh this story to clear Get to permission. clear if it was okay for me to steal uh, a story about Alexander the Great. And so, Zach gave me permission, and I'm going to do a story about Alexander the Great. Hell yeah, brother. So, Alexander the Great died at the very young age of 32. And his death was considered to be soups mysterious, honestly. It's said that the night before his death, he went out drinking very heavily and the next day, he was struck with a very severe pain, which he himself described as being akin to being stabbed with a spear. After having this pain produce, he started to suffer a fever. Um, his body then began to grow stiff to the point where he was unable to lift his head, and he was eventually declared dead. And that for the time and for his age, was very uh, mysterious. Yeah, that sounds like poison, my dude. <laughs> yeah, it does sound like poison. <laughs> hey, that's hey, that sounds suspiciously. And like a lot poison. of people thought that perhaps it was. Um, however, they don't know for sure. But so when he dies in Babylon in the year uh, three hundred and twenty-three before Christ. It is said that his body did not begin to decompose for a full six days after his mysterious, mysterious death. Yeah, so it sounds like murder, but like delayed onset murder. <laughs> delayed onset. You have early onset murder. Um, I don't know how to tell you. Sorry, this, but don't like, know how to let you know. Terminal. Uh, your Ooh. condition is terminal. But uh, leading up to his death, and oftentimes we've mentioned how Alexander the Great, uh, if we haven't mentioned this, then now is the perfect time for me to mention this. Alexander the Great gave himself that name because <laughs> he thought himself to be much better than the average man. Um, he often told people that he was more than human and that he was in fact a god-made human. The original Jimbro? The, uh, <laughs> the original Jimbro. 
Uh, he's a fuckboy for sure. Oh, yeah. But Alexander when... the Great's the type of dude to hold up a fish in his dating fucking profile. <laughs> fucking Alexander oh the Great's Except... the kind of guy to only have fucking mirror selfies in his dating profile. Dude, instead of a fish, he just holds up a map <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, yeah that's I conquered mine. all that. Yeah. Yeah, I conquered that. He had told a number of people that he was uh, a god, a living god. Um, and when his body... A god yeah, king? Yeah, a god king, perhaps. Mm-hmm. When his body failed to deteriorate, a lot of people were like... Oh, shit. Bruh. bruh. <laughs> he fucking... He was... Uh, he was a god. Um, a lot of people and just we, started looking at each other being like... <laughs> oh, we fucked up. We fucked up. We poisoned a god king. <laughs> But we know that Alexander's body didn't decompose because it was written about by a man named Plutarch. And the issue with Plutarch's retelling of Alexander's passing is that it's written some 400 years after Alexander's death. So a lot of people question the credibility of his retelling of this story pretty much like anyone questions the retelling of a lot of things that weren't firsthand in those times because it's essentially like a story told by a story told by a story told plutarch writes his body although it lay without special care in places that were moist and stifling showed no sign of such destructive influence but remained pure and fresh so The reason that I am telling you this story is because in the far-off year of 2019, a new theory has been presented about Alexander the Great's passing. There is a woman by the name of Catherine Hall who believes that the reason that the body did not decompose for six days is because he was alive. Oh, fuck yeah. He (laughs) fucking Rasputined that shit, didn't he? Her belief is that he was suffering from a condition known as Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is essentially an autoimmune disorder in which the body attacks its own nerves, which leads to abdominal pain, um, paralysis, and, you know, just general shitty situations. Oh, so not poisoning this time. Not poisoning. Hall has said in her in her research, the elegance of this diagnosis for the cause of his death is that it explains so many of otherwise diverse elements and renders them into a coherent whole. So, as you mentioned, Zach, it sounds like poison when all of a sudden you just feel a pain like getting stabbed with a spear and then you die. Yeah paralysis alone would be like its own type of poison thing. But these, this diagnosis of Guillain-Barre or uh, GBS basically puts them all together because most of the symptoms are abdominal pain, the paralysis. So it kind of like wraps it all up in a nice little bow. Okay. She says that uh, because I'll just quote directly from her. Uh, it is necessary to from the expert. It is necessary to understand two determinants of survival: the oxygen needs of the body and the ability of the body to absorb oxygen without any muscular effort. So, 
Hall's theory is that because the ancient cultures, like Greeks, Romans, all them back then, based death on the lack of breath, as opposed to the lack of pulse, Alexander's body being in this state of paralysis would have brought his breathing to completely shallow, if even noticeable, uh, because his body would not be exerting so much effort to keep the air pumping. Because his muscles wouldn't Mm. need to be, you know, uh, you're not using as much. Yeah, you're you're not not using using up as much much oxygen oxygen because you're not really moving much. So his breathing would have been incredibly shallow. His eyes, his pupils would have been dilated due to the lack of oxygen, and his body would have felt cold because it wouldn't have required as much blood pumping to keep it going. Yeah. So, basically, uh, the best thing about this theory of Dr. Catherine Hall's is that this would mean that Alexander the Great did not die until six days after he had been declared dead, and that he was most likely buried alive. Fuck. Oh my god, that's awful. So, well, the closest thing that I could ascribe to this is probably that, like, I don't know how many of our listeners are familiar with the concept of sleep paralysis, but it's essentially a point where, like, your body is trapped, or you're you're trapped awake, but, like, your body's not cognizant of the fact that it's awake, so you're just trapped and you see things. Imagine being Alexander the Great, And just like, oh yeah, they're preparing me for burial now. And I have no way to signal them that I am still alive in here. (laughs) Yep. That's my nightmare. That's, yeah, I was going to say, like, I've had sleep paralysis only once. And it was the most terrifying experience of my entire life. Yeah. And I've I've done some dumb shit. I I should be dead and that is the most terrifying experience I had because you can't do anything. You're just like, yeah, "Oh, no. well, I'm just going to sit here and I I just hope that eventually my body works again." I can't imagine just like looking up and seeing dirt being thrown on my face. As I'm like, "Okay, yep, that's that's that. I'm done. See you later. Peace out. The other most vexing part of this is that while it's such a great, it's like a great, like I said, it's, it's, it wraps up his whole experience in, in a neat little bow, but unfortunately his burial site has never been found. So they don't even have a way to test whether or not this is, like a real thing. So it's kind of like this doctor just decided to throw her, her hat in the ring of like, Hey, you guys are all saying this is poison, but what but if, maybe it <laughs> what if, um, what if, so that's kind of terrifying. Yeah. I, and I, I mean, what do you, what prove her wrong? Come on, do it. I dare you. I mean, where, somebody please, where do you think somebody he... please come up with his body so that we can. Yeah. That's really what yeah, I Yeah. Where does it, where are some of the places that they think he's buried? I don't even know. I'll have to pass it over to our resident Alexander, the great expert, Zach. Do you know, like where the theories of his, of his body are? 
I mean, again, it's it's hard because the empire was so fucking vast, um, and I haven't I haven't done enough research on where he was buried. Yeah, um, because well, I'm, see, I'm like, more interested my... in where he's alive, but like, yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, he was I mean, he was probably buried in near Alexandria or right there. So like he was initially probably buried um in Babylon because that's where he died. But See, that's my thought too, but Yeah, so it looks like he was originally buried in so he died in Babylon, but he was originally buried in Memphis, but then his body was transferred to Alexandria. Okay. So this is where it gets weird because but... then it ends up being moved a bunch so we don't know where the body actually is yeah yeah it, but then it looks like the tomb was possibly destroyed in the fifth yep. century i mean that doesn't surprise um, me at all no and the other thing is you also had nut jobs like fucking caligula who stole all of his shit afterwards yeah yeah you know caligula, caligula but you have to that guy. you have to remember that this is not like it's not a situation where like it's a tomb He's not, it's not like he's buried under dirt the same way that, like, a peasant would be. No. He's fucking, the man had to live in a coffin for days after his passing, (laughs) perhaps. With, like, with no way to, like, literally Um, buried alive. So here's the thing, it was, so yes, buried alive, but I don't know, I think he was alive and... Uh, this might make it actually worse because after he was transported to to before he could be transported to Macedonia, he was mummified. Oh, so he was alive oh, for his mummification, no. most likely. Oh no, uh, that's a but they don't. And the, and the crazy nightmare. thing is that they don't like they wouldn't have known enough about. Mm-hmm like medicine to be like yep. oh bodies aren't supposed to bleed when they're yep. dead yeah so they would have just been like oh let's collect some of his blood oh this one's just was, a gusher he was a god his body has yet to decompose yeah. it's just terrifying everything about yep. that story is so scary. i'm i'm looking up like you know, trying to see where he might be buried. And um, the Egyptian Supreme Council for Antiquities has officially recognized over 140 search attempts for Alexander yeah. II. Damn. <laughs> it's where in the world is Alexander the Great? Honestly, it's got to be. It has to be in Alexandria. Like, that's my That's guess. what they're saying. So they're like, it, it looks like in the 1800s, they compiled a map of ancient Alexandria and they were like, we're pretty sure that it's in the like the exact center of the city, mm-hmm. but it's kind of hard to like go and dig it. Now, if oh. they could only find that library, uh, the library got burned. Dude, so I know. yeah, I'm aware. Dude, the I know. library's I'm gone. Aware. I know it's a gr- it's <sighs> the greatest tragedy rip. of our time. It's the greatest tragedy know, ever. To a legend, yes. Whoever uh, whoever runs the cosmos decided to nerf us human beings by having the library of Alexandria burnt. Yeah, crazy, terrible, oh. sad. Rip. 
That, I was going to say, I think your story gets even worse by the fact, or, but also even better by the fact that he was probably mummified while alive. I didn't know he was mummified. Yeah. That's wild. Well, that's yeah. that's how they did it. Like, Alexandria was in Egypt. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure. It makes sense. It makes sense. I guess it just, like... It didn't occur. I think because I... I think because I think of him as, like, a Roman figure, and I know that that's not 100% yeah. true. It's Macedonia, whatever. Uh, I don't think of him no but as, like his empire you know, was so vast Egypt. he really could have been buried a million different ways depending on where he had died yeah yeah so it just so happens that he happened to die in a place where he was alive for the most brutal of the fucking... yeah oh, you know they're like so mummification and someone was just like yeah, that, that yeah is that the is way. the way here and, and he's, he's just in his body screaming is... no no <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Damn. You know. Oh, yikes. I mean, at least he, he died like he lived, like a legend. Yeah. And now we don't know what's going on. And now we don't know what's going on. And I said, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I think that's it for me. Yeah. My my story was okay. very short. Megan's story was very short. Zach had the meatiest of the potatoes tonight. Mm, that's um, true. But, potatoes. Uh, mm, potatoes. I did want to take some time and say mm-hmm. uh, today was a stressful day. Zach, Megan, and myself had uh, varying degrees of stress, uh, but we all came together to make this content for you. If you enjoy our content that we're making, as we said at the beginning of the episode, the best way to let us know is to interact with us. As our audience grows, we would really love to be able to talk to you guys more often and say some weird stuff that people will take out of context and we have to justify later on uh, in the future. Uh, We'll try to keep those moments to a minimum, but like we're happy that you guys exist and we want to make that known. So let's get weird together. Exactly. And like, you know, continuing on with that, like, as Matt said, we all had stressful days today, but we all told each other, well, we're going to be able to record tonight. So we have that to look forward so to. So we have that going for we us, got that which going is for nice. Us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Victoria's Secret had a sale tonight. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, yeah. But on that, uh, on that lovely note, I think it's also Victoria's Secret. If you want to sponsor us, that's fine too. Just like Sid Meier Civilization, still looking at you. The spot. I is was open. actually trying to get us a Fenty sponsor. Okay, we've we've <laughs> yeah, gone uh, we've gone a little sideways. It's just I'm just trying to say uh, I love you, audience. I appreciate you, and. Uh, What the fuck history? If you like what you hear from the Triumvirate Productions and What the Fuck History, we encourage you to tell a friend. We don't pay for any ads, so the best way to get us out there is to talk to other people about us. You can find us on Facebook at the Triumvirate Productions, on Twitter at Triumvirate underscore pod, and on Instagram at the underscore triumvirate underscore productions. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 